Beth is the youngest of three children. She has an older sister, Susan, and an older brother, Scott. Scott is almost three years older than Susan. When Susan was born, people would come over to the house and meet the baby, which was exciting for that little three-year-old. And one time, when Scott saw that people were coming over, he went to Susan's crib, picked her up, and carried her out for everyone to see, carrying her by her neck. (laughs) Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. In that single line, Jesus reveals a wealth of compassion. It is compassion like parents for a child who does not know any better. And today we see Jesus with people who don't know better. As he is nailed to the cross, Jesus delivers that line, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. These days, when I hear that line... can't help but think of climate change. It is particularly poignant on this day, Christ the King, Christ Christos, the divine Logos, the word and blueprint for all life and creation. Just as we killed Jesus, we destroy the Christ, we destroy creation and this planet. And I can't help but turn to our childlike behavior and say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Throughout this passage, people behave like children on the playground. They they taunt Jesus. If you're so great, why don't you prove it? Mm. You saved others, why don't you save yourself? The taunting voice should be that background that we hear in our celebration of Christ the King. Christ the King Sunday is always the last Sunday in the liturgical year. It's great that we conclude the year by symbolically placing Jesus at the center of our focus, the center of our lives, but... I think we often misunderstand what it means for Christ to be king. We tend to conflate the kingdom of God with the power of nations. We assign to God military language and metaphors of human power that are the exact opposite of what we should be celebrating today. Today, We celebrate Jesus' inversion of power. The power made perfect in weakness, as Paul writes. This inversion of power was obvious to the early church, who depicted King Jesus as a lamb, the least powerful creature. Jesus' power was the exact opposite of the worldly power in that art. If Roman emperors were lions, Jesus was the helpless 
lamb. That is why this gospel passage is so fitting for this day. Jesus, the king of criminals. Jesus, the king of outcasts. Jesus, the king of death row. And no, I don't mean the record label. As James Cone reminds us in his seminal work, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, the cross was a public spectacle accompanied by torture and shame, one of the most humiliating and painful deaths ever devised by human beings. Cone says, it is a paradoxical religious symbol because it inverts the world's value system with the news that hope comes by the way of defeat. Here's Jesus, who comes into the world as a promise of liberation, but arrives as a baby. Jesus in the manger becomes Jesus on death row. That is how God is with us. God with us. Im anu el with us. God God is not some monarch on a distant throne. God is with those so severely outcast that they're sentenced to death. Just for a second, let's remember that there are 2,673 people on death row right now. Let's remember that since the death penalty was legalized again in 1976, 1,499 people have been executed. Let's also note that in March of this year, Governor Gavin Newsom put a moratorium on the death penalty in the state of California. I don't know how that didn't make bigger news, but that I, somehow that had gone under my radar. As Jesus is being shamefully executed by the state, he extends his compassion to, the, to someone right there with him. Today, you will be with me in paradise. It's noteworthy to someone like me, who's interested in nature and the divine, that the word paradise is the same word used in Genesis for Eden. The story of Jesus with the imprisoned is a powerful one. Consider Jesus among the 2.4 million people who are imprisoned in the United States, more than any other country in the world. We have 5% of the world's population in this country, and we have 25% of its prisoners, the world's prisoners. Consider Jesus as a victim of the new Jim Crow, where one in eight black men in their 20s are locked up on any given day. Consider that the state spending on prisons has grown at six times the rate of spending on higher education. Jesus is in the midst of all that mess. Christ the King. Jesus is the King 
who taught us that whoever wishes to be greatest must become servant of all. Jesus reigns in an empire of servants, Christ the King of servants. As Jesus reveals in his compassion for the man crucified at his side, anyone is welcome to join this servant empire. Everyone is welcome to lend a hand. This is a kingdom based on love, and believe it or not, everyone can love from a brother carrying his sister by the neck to an orange-haired megalomaniac and our relatives who support him. All those folks who have been and may be at our Thanksgiving dinner tables this week. Everyone is a citizen in God's kingdom of love. This is why I love that Psalm 46. Come see what desolations God has brought on the earth. Oh no, what's this going to be? God destroys the weapons of war. He breaks the bow, he shatters the spear, he burns the fields with water, with uh, fire. God makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, that's what the Psalm says. God makes wars cease and says, Be still and know that I am God. That is our work here in this place. That is our work this week as we give thanks with friends and family amidst all the drama and awkwardness. That is our work in the God love life. Christ, the servant king, the publicly executed prisoner, whispers to us all. Be still. Be still. Be still and know that I am God.